This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Kyrie Irving is a Dallas Maverick. Supposed to get the physical today and then the debut on Wednesday night against the L.A. Clippers. Sean Sharif, R.J. Choppy, and Bobby Belt now joined by the voice of your Mavericks. He is Chuck Cooperstein on the Diamond Factory Hotline. Good morning, Chuck. Your initial instant reaction yesterday when the news broke. It's shocking. <laughs> We're shocked. How could you not be shocked? And certainly with the uh, the speed that this all came about, uh, you know, Kyrie made the uh, statement on Friday that he wanted to be traded, and less than 48 hours later, <laughs> there's a deal done. And it's the Mavericks who got the deal done. And, uh, you know, from the, from the Mavericks standpoint, their, their willingness uh, to uh, identify the target and go all in and make it happen is, is to be lauded. They, they decided that you know, they were not going to be outbid for this guy. They felt like this is something they needed to do right now to get the team better than it's been. And you know, I think uh, any – any fan wants their favorite team to act with, you know, that type of speed and, and that type of, and with that type of commitment, uh, you know, we, you don't want to see them dallying around and, you know, getting it all out there and drip, drip and drip here. They just went and did it. And that's pretty stunning. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it all works out. Do you like the move personally? I mean, look, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of good from a basketball standpoint, uh, you know, just from the play on the floor and what it can bring. And look, we all know what the negatives are, and all we can do is watch this play out. Uh, you know, the, the history suggests it won't work well, but you know what? We've seen upsets all the time, right? And may, maybe this is the place, uh, especially with uh, uh, Kyrie's relationship with Nico Harrison and with Jason Kidd that maybe this is the right place. Now, he's had other relationships, seemingly good relationships in other places where it, ha- where it hasn't worked out. But maybe this is the one that does. And I think this is the one that, you know, we all uh, who watch the Mavericks on a daily basis uh, have to bank on, that this is the time that it will work. Uh, if it doesn't work, it becomes obviously a very, very uh, expensive rental. And, you know, again, we're not going to know the answer to that for a few months yet. What do you think of the fit in terms of how they work on the offensive side of the floor? Well, I, I listen, I, I'm older than all of you. So I go back to when the New York Knicks acquired Earl Monroe from the Baltimore Bullets to play alongside Walt Frazier. And I remember back then 
it will not work. It will, you know, both those guys need the ball in their hand in order, uh, in order to be great. And you know what? Everybody was wrong. It turned out absolutely fantastic. So the, the point being, if Luca and Kyrie want it to work, it will work. Uh, what I'm going to be interested to see is uh, what type of offense the Mavericks actually run. Is it going to be, you know, a continuation of uh, the high isolation game or, you know, just high pick and roll and pitch game that they've been playing? Or are they going to, you know, try to do some different things? What, what do they do with both uh, Luca and Kyrie as screeners? Can you use them as screeners, get them involved in the action, not necessarily with the ball, but really make the defense have to think about just what is actually happening out there and giving them a sense of uncertainty that would not uh, be the case otherwise. And yet, even with all that certainty that uh, you knew what was coming with the Mavericks offense, you know, the Mavericks offense is still an elite offense. It's now more elite. I mean, there's no, there's no getting around that. What does this do for the defensive side of the ball? There are issues. Look, there were issues beforehand. I mean, the Mavericks are 24th in defensive rating. Uh, they've been better here of late. Uh, in the last, uh, you know, before uh, Saturday night against Golden State, they had really been playing uh, pretty well on the defensive end, actually. Um, you know, better defensive rating and, uh, you know, obviously a lot fewer points allowed. They've had some, you know, some excellent defensive games. Now, listen, no one's going to confuse uh, – uh, Kyrie Irving for Gary Payton in his prime, right? Okay, that's not that's not going to happen. Uh, you're you're going to see, I think, a, a lot of uh, higher scoring games, even than what the Mavericks have already had this year. Uh, but look, you know, we're still 72 hours from the deadline, right? I mean, yeah. who knows what else they're going to do here? So I think it's 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 hard to, it's hard to judge what the ultimate effect of this is going to be until. We get to 2 o'clock on Thursday, and uh, the deadline comes and goes, and we see what else has happened. We're talking with Chuck Cooperstein, voice of the Mavericks here on Sean and RJ on 105 through the fan. Chuck, when you look at, you know, you talked about how quickly this deal seemed to came together from the, the time Kyrie put out that he wanted to be traded to now he's here in Dallas. There were rumblings, I know, uh, different reports back in like October, then November, and stuff like that, that the Cowboy or, or that the Mavericks had coveted. <laughs> bringing Kyrie in here. Do you think this is something that they were at least sort of casually working on or at least getting an idea from the Nets of, hey, what, what would it take? And that maybe gave them a baseline that they were able to get this done so quickly. I did like the Freudian slip, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Impressive. I'm sorry. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> How will Jerry try to top this? 840. <laughs> Tune in next month to find out for sure. Yeah, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, look, I, general managers always talk. I mean, it's to think that. You know, I, I think there's an impression out there that whether it's Mark or Nico Harrison or, you know, any or any other Michael Finley, you know, obviously is a huge part of the front office that all these guys just sit around and twiddle their thumbs all day is absurd. Hmm. I mean, these guys are always working. They're always talking. And whether it be in, in the broadest terms or in these, you know, the highly uh, uh the, the, the high terms that we're talking about here where it's just so narrowly, highly focused, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Uh, when you're trying to get something like this done, they're always talking. So I, I, don't, I don't doubt for a second that in the Mavericks offices, they have a, they have a, they have a big board and they probably have a list of you know, who, who might be available. 
who is available. No chance to get that guy or whatever. And you go and you talk to your fellow uh, executives and you sort of get a lay of the land and see what's going on. And, you know, the idea, you know, Mark Cuban has used the term really ever since he bought the franchise, we're going to be opportunistic. And they found an opportunity and they just, they went all in. They, they pushed all the chips into the center of the table. Outside of obviously Luca and, and what they hope that pairing can be with him and Kyrie, who on this roster do you think most immediately benefits either from the freed up minutes or, or potentially being able to blend with Kyrie? Um, I mean, I don't know if, if that materially changes. Uh, I mean, I, I think that there's going to be an adjustment period, I think, for, for everybody to having those two guys on the floor. I think the guy that may have to adjust the most, at least in the short term, uh, is Tim Hardaway because I don't know that he'll get quite as many shots uh, as he as he's had uh, you know, this season, uh, he, he's and you know he's had the ball in his hands quite a bit as well. Uh, you know, trying to create from the wing. I don't think he's going to have the ball in his hands. He may be more of a catch and shoot guy now. Uh, I, I think he's the one that probably will wind up adjusting the most. I, I don't I don't necessarily think, given the the skill sets of the remaining players, that they're necessarily going to have to change that much. You know, I, I look at Reggie Bullock. He's a catch-and-shoot guy, and obviously a guy really is is still pretty good on the defensive end of the board. They're definitely going to need that. I think Josh Green's game fits really well as a, a secondary uh, creator. Uh, you know, not that, again, he's that third creator that we all want, you know, like the Mavericks had last year uh, in their run to the Western Conference Finals, but uh, he's certainly getting better in that area. He's playing with a lot more confidence. I, I think his game pretty well complements uh, what uh, Kyrie and Luca bring to the table. So I don't know that there's necessarily uh, a whole lot. Maybe, you know, listen, maybe Christian Wood doesn't get quite as many shots as he would otherwise, but maybe they wind up being better shots. And for a guy that's already pretty darn efficient, that would be a, a big plus. I think. What do you do at the end of the year? Do you go two year? Do you go four year? Or does it, does he even see this as a long-term option for him? Or is he just looking to get to LA? You really want me to get inside that guy's head? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, nobody knows. And Frank, I don't know if he knows. I really don't know if he knows. And and, and I think anybody who, who says that they do uh, is is just throwing stuff against the wall and hoping that it sticks. Chuck, is there anyone um, else, like, personality-wise you can think of that you've ever covered that reminds you of him? And, and pretend that we've never watched basketball before. How would you describe his game? And does that remind you of anyone else ever? Isn't he a lot like Terrell Owens? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, you know, we, it's, it's, Terrell Owens was an immensely talented player and an immensely complicated person. And uh, I, Kyrie is very much, I think, in that mode. Now, uh, you know, it, it didn't it didn't end well here with, with Owens, uh, even though he was really incredibly productive in the time that he was here. But it was it was always an adventure. I mean, I don't know what that's going to be with Kyrie, but certainly the track record suggests that those those two are are pretty similar. Um, and I'm sorry, I got sidetracked. What was the back half of that? His game, like, just how would you describe his game to someone who, who's never watched basketball before? Does he re- remind you of anyone from that aspect? I think he's he's pretty original. I mean, because his ability to finish as a small guy, 
at 6'2". I don't know that we've ever seen anyone at that size who can finish with such creativity uh, the way he does. And obviously he's got you know, one of the great handles uh, of all time. Um, he's you know to the point where he's not – he's such a good ball handler and able to create his own shot that he's not necessarily a great assist guy, but I don't think it's necessarily because he's selfish. In that regard, I mean, I just think he just he just knows how to get to the rim and he knows how to finish. Um, I, his his game is pretty original. Uh, maybe there's some people out there smarter than I am that can come up with a comparison, but right now I can't. Voice of the Mavs, Chuck Cooperstein on the Diamond Factory Hotline. Chuck, what were some of the other? Who are some of the other names that are out there and rumors? Were, were there some names that you were thinking about for the Mavericks and? And also, what else could we look for if they're looking for some defense and, and rebounding help? What, what were some other possibilities or scenarios you had heard or you were thinking about? To be honest with you, Sean, I, I had not heard much, and I hadn't really thought of much because I, I really, before this all came down, I thought that if the Mavericks were going to do anything, that it would really be on the margins and that they were going to save it all up for the summer and see where they were uh, you know, after conveying the pick to the Knicks. Uh, you don't have all the, the, the high-level draft choices available to make the deal that uh, with, the, uh, with the amount of capital that it seems like you have to have in order to make that type of deal. Um, you know, it does say something, too, about what the Mavericks did give up compared to uh, what uh, Minnesota uh, you know, what Minnesota had to give up for uh, for Gobert or what Cleveland had to give up for Donovan Mitchell, that this is what uh, the Mavericks were had to give up. And it's it's not insignificant what, what they gave up, but certainly it's not the, the hall of draft choices and established players that, uh, that those two teams got. Um, but, I, again, uh, I, I was not even really – thinking very much about the trade deadline, you know, certainly the way you guys do in, in, in talk radio, uh, just because I thought that they're, that they were going to just save it up and, and, and worry about really making the big splash in the summertime and just, you know, making the best of, of what has been, you know, at times, uh, you know, a, a pretty decent situation. I mean, that, again, offensively, they were really, really good. Um, you know, defensively, they started to come around. You, you're kind of thinking about like last year where uh, it kicked in for them the second half of the season and they played great. And you're thinking, well, maybe this can happen again. And so that, that's how really I was thinking about it. I really wasn't thinking of them uh, basically making the trade that breaks NBA Twitter and, uh, mm-hmm. and sets the whole NBA on fire. And that's exactly what they've done. So, Chuck, we have a Christian Wood divide. A lot of us and fans love him. Second most talented player. Why doesn't he get in the minutes? And then we keep hearing from people within the organization. uh, We're not looking at the missed assignments. We're we're missing some things when it comes to professionalism. He may still be uh, number one on the trade block. What are your impressions of Christian Wood? Again, he's, uh, he's he's a talent. He's a real talent. Uh, on the offensive end, he's a one. He's he's very much uh, a one-way player. I think he has tried to be better defensively, and certainly there were moments before he broke his thumb, especially when it came to rim protection, uh, where he had done exactly what the Mavericks had hoped he would. But uh, you know, the the raw numbers. If you just look at the raw numbers, they tell you that uh, the defense without him is not uh, without him is better than it is when it is with him. 
Um, you know, it's it's telling that he's been with a lot of franchises, that he has this talent and has this uh, unique offensive ability, and yet he's not been able to stick. I, you know, I don't know why. Again, I'm not around, you know, in every practice and, and uh, you know, at every moment with them. Um, but you would think that even as an expiring contract, that you know he he would have some trade value to uh, to another team again just to be able to you know take his fourteen point seven off the books and uh, uh, you know and, and and go from there. But you know is is he you know is he the answer uh, on a great team? And the, and the thing is, you know what guys, we don't know because in his entire career, Christian Wood has never played in really important games and certainly has never played in a playoff game. So you're, you're trying to weigh all of this in the last 72 hours before the trade deadline. It's, it's a very, it's a very tough call. It it really is Um, because there's clearly something that suggests that he could be great and you don't want to miss out on that. But uh, you know, if there's something that you feel that's more of a sure thing, uh, at least as certainly as it comes to experience in playing in important games, uh, then you might be more willing to to roll the dice and deal them and try to to get something back that you're uh, a little more comfortable with. Chuck, thank you so much for the time and the insight, and congratulations. This is going to be fun. I think have fun. <laughs> oh no, the, the, the games are going to be spectacular. We're we're going to have entertainment. It's going to be highlight central. Uh, I don't have any doubt about that. Thank you so much, man. Chuck Cooperstein, uh, the great voice of the Dallas Mavericks on the Diamond Factory. Hotline. Antonio Brown finally admits what we all knew. Who is he blaming for it? And a Texas-Oklahoma delay in the world of college football. Why? Next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 